today on Media Download. From Montclair State University and WMSC-FM, the latest on technology. Digital privacy is a concern. Streaming is king. It's trending now. And media issues. Let's start with the presidential campaign. The frontrunner is firmly in the lead in every national poll. What's the press's responsibility? I will not give him the credit he probably sought prior to this horrific and cowardly act. And top business headline news. It's online streaming versus Hollywood. Curated by your host, Meryl Brown. Hello and welcome to Media Download. I'm Merrill Brown, Director of the School of Communication and Media at Montclair State University. With this regular podcast, we continue to bring you some of the freshest insights into business, media, and technology issues that you'll hear anywhere. Here today to discuss business and media in a Trump presidency is David Mancaccio, host and senior editor of Marketplace Morning a Report, broadcast on public radio and at Marketplace.org every weekday. You may also know David as the former anchor of the television news program now on PBS. He does a podcast titled Esquire Classic with Esquire Magazine, where he explores the most memorable nonfiction pieces in the magazine's archive. Over his 40 years of broadcasting, David has traveled the world covering stories and his work has earned him the highest honors in broadcast journalism, including a Peabody and Emmy, the Columbia DuPont, and the Walter Cronkite Awards. Welcome, David. Good to be here, Merrill. Uh, it's a pleasure having you on a campus you're very familiar with. You live not too far from here. You've broadcast out of here, and it's great to have you back. Thank you. Yeah, we're kind of homeboys here for a while. We were renovating our bureau in New York, and you kindly hosted us for, for weeks on end. Thanks for that. It was great having you and great having you back. Um, so a number of things I want to talk to you about, but let's um, uh, obviously uh, dig into the topic of the moment, and that is the adventures of the Trump presidency, now 18 days old, and um, it's fair to say never a dull moment. How has your broadcast um, been altered, and how has your coverage been directed in the context of what you do as a business news show? It's very striking. We see ourselves as a global business show. And in the early broadcasts in the morning in the Eastern time zone, we had been looking to Asia, looking to the European Union for the inspiration for a lot of our coverage. The center of the universe is 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue right now, and if not just up Pennsylvania Avenue to Capitol Hill. That is what we're focusing on. So we've actually had to shift resources in that direction. I mean, it's obvious, but things are changing by the moment. And all of these are money stories. Every one of these are money stories. The um, confirmation process for the education secretary, Betsy DeVos, the permeability of our borders, uh, that's a money story. It's affecting not just markets, but it's also, some say that politics is the allocation of resources, resources being money. And so that's our prime story. And media coverage is also about the allocation of resources. And every editor or uh, uh, program leader like yourself faces very hard decisions about how to allocate what are inevitably limited resources. Have you changed what you're covering and how you allocate your reporter's time in this context? Well, we really do have to be focusing on policy changes out of Washington right now and coming at it from many different angles and not just covering that story from Washington, heaven knows. You have to cover that from around the world and and from around the country. But there's so much of it that we do feel that our resources are, are straining already. I mean, every you, you experience this. Students experience this. Every 20 minutes you look at your phone, there's another big story that you have to jump onto. Uh, one of the biggest stories of our generation may be 
um, the move to limit immigration from seven Middle Eastern countries the other day and uh, and how that played out. And we had to jump into action very quickly at a time that I have a show that's this business show, and it's embedded in a larger two-and-a-half-hour program called Morning Edition that we don't produce. That's our colleagues at National Public Radio. They're also covering this. So I'm focusing on the money angle, on the business innovation angle. And so on that immigration story, here are two of the takes that we did, and we've done many, but we had to think in real time about how we make this our story. One of the things that we did was hours after President Trump signed the executive order limiting refugees and immigration from those countries, we had a senior United Nations official on who talked about the economic roots of migration. Why are people forced to move uh, across our border? Why are they forced to move into Europe? Some of it is war. Some of it is famine, but it's also very often rural poverty. And what the U.N. official told our audience was rural poverty doesn't just happen. It's just not, not just a fact of nature. It is amenable. It responds to policy. You can have policy changes that help keep people um, thriving, uh, it, it, not in the cities, but we, where they grew up. That limits migration. So that was one take. Another take was uh, we have a lot of uh, CEOs of technology companies who are under enormous pressure. On the one hand, they want to ingratiate themselves with the new administration. On the other hand, they have customers and they have employees who would like them to take a stand against what they see, what some see as this, um, as this moral problem. So that's very much a marketplace story. As are the financial markets, uh, obviously. The financial markets are in a good period right now, quite, quite obviously. Um, it's hard not to feel positive about one's pocketbook in the short term right now. What do you think about the longer term prospects of a Trump presidency and the financial markets? Here's the deal right now. Um, I think that the Washington power structure will give the new administration enormous leeway to do a whole lot of what it wants in return for the following – corporate tax reform, and also some individual tax reforms. If that's what happens, it it appears that especially the Republican majorities in the House and Senate are willing to let whatever else happens. If there is corporate tax reform, which is something that actually Democrats and Republicans have been asking for, the actual nature of that reform, of course, is still um, not agreed upon, it means that many billions of dollars may come from overseas into the United States And what companies will do, experts tell me, is hand that money back to shareholders, either through dividends or when you buy back your own stock, that tends to boost the stock price. So that is helping markets. You also have um, a promise, at least, of deregulation, which in theory companies love, and in theory that should boost their share prices. If that slows down, if there's not tax reform in 2017, and some experts have been telling us it might not happen to 2018, you could have the markets take a different view about the value of some of those stocks. But at the moment, there's this idea that someone's going to pour a bunch of cash into the stock market. And as we're talking during the recording of this, uh, the S&P and the Dow are reaching new all-time highs. At the same time, however, Republican orthodoxy says that excessive spending on the part of the government uh, is going to have a negative effect uh, over time on financial markets. And this president, I think it's fair to say, seems indifferent about deficit politics. What do you think? 
that's the great question, which is which of those factions win? Who gets the president's ear on this? And the idea of, well, you have a president who's a Republican. You have um, the Republicans running the House and the Senate. They're all going to agree on this stuff. That's where it breaks down. That's where you have factions of Republicans who think differently. And there could be some big fights about this. And that could also take the smile, unfortunately, off the face of uh, some of the people in the markets. Uh, it's also the broader question that's connected to this which is, is President Trump actually a populist? Is he really going to orient the bulk of his policies to helping people where the traditional economy, where the establishment has uh, passed people by? Or is he going to help the more traditional Republican orthodoxy? I don't know the answer to that. It's a heck of a story for journalists to keep an eye on it. That's the big question. Um, I also have to ask you about something that affects you quite directly, and that's the future of public media in the context of the Trump administration. There have been reports generally, I think, coming from Heritage Foundation position papers that uh, Trump would like to shut down or otherwise privatize the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, which uh, oversees a chunk of public media. Do you all in public media worry about the impact of Trump-anomics, if you will, on public media? I mean, we've the system's been through this before under different administrations. We cover it like a news story. And uh, people say, well, can you cover it fairly? You have a stake in this. One of the nice things about covering that story is that our audience knows we have a, a stake in the story. It's not that we're hiding the fact that we're public broadcasters, but we're going to try to cover it. And we're going to try to bring a diversity of views to covering the argument here. Um, I think that um, the notion that uh, Public broadcasting, radio, television, digital is liberal and doesn't evoke uh, conservative point of views is erroneous. And we do think we provide a very valid service, serious-minded news. You want to know what's going on in Syria? Where are you going to tune for that on the radio dial? You're probably going to gravitate ultimately to public radio. There are crucial fact-based stories that we're getting out there every day, and we'd like to continue to do it. But the public broadcasting funding story, we'll just try to cover it. Well, tell us, tell the viewer who doesn't know a little bit more about the economics of Marketplace and your own work. Um, you're dependent on uh, uh, contributors, foundations, and so forth. Elaborate on that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, we take very little money from the public purse as a program. Uh, we have corporate underwriting. We also have listener support, and we also have foundations. That's a nice, diverse funding stream. Marketplace as a show doesn't get much, hardly any. Um, or our parent company, American Public Media, uh, doesn't get that much federal money. But the system does. And, you know, uh, our stations subscribe to Marketplace. They pay money for the, <laughs> I don't know, is it the uh, privilege of running my show? And so if they get poor, they may be less likely to pay. So in a sense, the system uh, uh, has public money in it. And there's some very interesting views that we will continue to have to evoke on the air and make sure that they're heard, people who would like us to be completely weaned of public money. That's going to hurt certain stations, and uh, there will be a cost to that. Um, how about the way the BBC does it? They charge a subscription. Um, in fact, you used to get be able to get in trouble if you didn't pay for your license for the right to watch television, and they had little vans that would ply the streets to find out if you're secretly uh, watching TV without the official license that subsidized the BBC. Now, I don't think that's ever going to work in America. Uh, some people don't like the fact that we go on the air and beg for money. 
That's the listener support you hear so much about. Um, and we're certainly open to new approaches to that. But um, we think that the system is the strongest when there's a diverse funding stream and that a big part of that is listeners. A big part of that is corporate underwriting, foundations, and the little government money that's in the system. I worry especially about um, public television um, if there's um, changes to public uh, funding of some of that, more so than public radio. What is the story, and this is, uh, we're just about out of time, what is the story you wish you could cover more aggressively than you are that the constraints of all the attention focused on Washington create limits about? That's a great question, uh, because it's not just the Washington story that's going on. Uh, for instance, does anybody know that Europe's economy is, seems to be healing itself, that it's had 14 quarters of growth? Now, I know you go to Spain right now, you go to, um, you go to Greece right now. You and, don't feel uh, it. No. You don't feel it, and unemployment in Spain is still 18%. Uh, I'd like to cover that more. I think we really cannot, in the midst of Trump-O-Rama, which we're covering now and we'll continue to cover, we can't lose sight of Brexit. What's happening with the U.K. was the most colossal business story of my generation until the rise of Trump. And uh, they, are, they are stories that are connected. But we have to be sure we don't um, keep our eye off the ball on that story. And at the moment, Asian markets are quiet, but that could always change. And um, we hope that we're not covering a trade war going into uh, the middle of the year. Um, what would a trade war with China look like? Now, President Trump is not promising a trade war, but if things unraveled, who wins, who loses? That would be another giant story that I would hope we would have the resources to do justice to. No doubt we could go on, David. There's much to talk about in the, the current environment, uh, but we're out of time. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being on campus today. Great to talk to you. If you'd like more information about this episode of Media Download, you can email us at gm at wmscradio.com or call us at 973-655-3135. And don't forget to listen to David on Public Radio on Marketplace or at marketplace.org. I'm Merrill Brown. Thanks for listening.